What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verse Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be breaking down the rivalry games this past weekend, which weren't very exciting. And if you hear um, a little change in my voice, because I, I became physically ill after watching South Carolina's offense on Saturday. Uh, but anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, let's get it. What's up, everybody? Rivalry week is in the books, and it kind of sucked. Um, so, I was... um, yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina. Who wants to go first? I mean, shit, there ain't really much to cap, uh, recap my game. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I'm, I don't have much to say. Um, <laughs> I know Sam. I know Sam has plenty to say. So, as always, yeah. Um, I was honestly shocked at the lack of. I guess not lack of competitiveness, but like that y'all's game wasn't closer, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I, I, I didn't get to watch it, but I saw the score and I was like, what? Like, it never really felt like Carolina was out of it until, like, I mean, obviously the end, but it just felt like like 17 nothing felt like a lot at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That's how weird. I felt. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, yeah. To be to be fair, it was like it was twenty three nothing. Then y'all scored on a fourth down with like a minute left. Yeah, that was. I don't understand that. I mean, we were obviously out of the stadium, so. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait! <clears throat> y'all were up twenty three to nothing. Yeah, we're up twenty three to nothing. And there's, I think, like a minute forty five, a little bit under two minutes left. We have a fourth and three in the game. From, like from this, the is five. Fourth, this yeah, is yeah, fourth in the game. Yeah. yeah. We could have kicked a field goal. We could have let the backup come in there. And, oh, my God. And Bro. instead, we handed up the middle to Phil Moffa, and he scores. Bro, the, hey, playoff dude, committee I mean, needs, the playoff committee needs style points, bro. Hey, I mean, we, if we can't stop it, you might as well keep running it, dude. Y'all ran freaking counters all night. All counter, night. counter, it's, counter, it's counter, just counter. Like, counter. It's just like – QB keeper, counter, mm. counter, counter, deep ball. Deep that shot, gets intercepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't do that again. Yeah, so I mean, hey, Jacob, y'all now y'all now know how Auburn felt when y'all played them. Yeah, yeah I mean, for real. I mean, if we can't stop it, then keep running it. Hey, I mean, Georgia tried to run the clock out, and we let Kenny run down the sideline, just untouched. <laughs> I mean, they they couldn't stop scoring. Yeah, Sam, you can yeah, go ahead. You can go ahead and get, get into your blasphemous stats that you're going to talk about. Well, I mean, well, I mean. Each his own, I guess. Um, but no, this is a good segue because you just talked about how we ran wild, and I talked about last week we had to run for two hundred or more. Ended up with two sixty four on a six point two clip. That's the first time this season that we've we've gone back to back games averaging uh, six or more a carry. Um, but the other thing that I think is interesting is that in the five games that we've won, we're we're averaging ten more runs a game than we were the first seven of the season. So it's kind so, of like so you accepted that DJ is not good. 
no, I think we just pulled the entire offense out and we're like, we're not going to let this guy lose us any more games. Because that's that's kind of how it felt. I mean, then you just let – because, I mean, you got to think Shipley's been out – what do you miss, two, three games? And he's he's already got ten touchdowns. So, I mean, I think the record is ETN as a freshman at 13. Shipley could be way over that if we had just run him like this all season. But, I mean, he went for 128 and a touchdown – Pace had a long touchdown. Phil Moffa had a touchdown. So, I mean, you did what you got to do. That's, but I, I was surprised at how simple it looked. Cause you're right. It was just the same formations, the same few plays over and over and over. It's incredible it's that the defense can't figure out how to stop it. Yeah. It's not I mean, like, but, y'all, it's not like y'all's offensive line is like top of the nation either. Like, we just got oh no, we got tramped all all night. Yeah, I will say about the formations of it. We've we went into a bunch of twelve personnel with two tight ends last week, and then in and y'all's well this past week, there was twenty one personnel all the time. We had two running backs on the field almost every play. A lot of it was twenty two personnel with two tight ends too. Like we were just getting in heavy ass formations and running counters over and over, but we still didn't throw across the middle. You know. Tight ends and running backs combined for one target. I mean, like we're like Jacob was talking about, we literally just go all or nothing in the passing game. It's really like we'll run the ball 14 times in a row and then let DJ throw it 55 yards. And that's that's about what we can do. They did get him to roll out to the right. There was three separate plays that actually he he threw all of them on the money. So it's kind of like maybe we should maybe we should start do this to do this a little bit more. But with his concrete feet, I mean, all it takes is one defensive end to get loose, and he's about to get strip sacked. He might pitch it to him. You never know. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's he's probably the most limited quarterback I can ever remember at Clemson. I mean, just in this game, nine of nineteen with an interception. Like, how do you how do you even manage that in a full game? But I mean, we only threw the ball seven times in the second half. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. Just counters. All night. When I went back, I didn't notice it when we were there, obviously, for a bunch of different reasons. But <laughs> going going back and rewatching it, I mean, it was just brutal to watch y'all run a counter play over and over again. Yep. And and to be honest with you, it was kind of weird because, like I said, when we had two running backs in the field, it's kind of like you obviously – one of them is going to get the ball. I mean, there's really no doubt about it. But I don't know if that kind of helped pull you off with some gaps because you had two guys out there and it's kind of like you don't really know which one you're looking for, per se. I don't know, though. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But I mean, I don't do you have do you have anything else to add to this? I mean, I don't know how how far we want to go down the rabbit hole. Um, I mean, all I have is how sloppy our offense was. I mean, obviously give Clemson's defense credit. Played lights out um, pretty much all night, but, you know, it wasn't Clemson's defense making our receivers run the wrong routes, and it wasn't Clemson's defense making us break the huddle with 12 players and and all that stuff, so. Um, yeah, Beamer you know, was hot, dude. You definitely – I mean, anyone with, with, with a brain and some sense knew that South Carolina was going to have to put up their best offensive performance of the year to, to be in that game, and it was one of the worst, so. Yeah, I mean, and part of the thing about running the wrong routes, that's what Booth got his first pick on. Yep. 
like the he threw an out and the receiver just never just went yeah, out. Jaheim Bell just kept going. There, yeah, there so, just I mean, there are so many times where there are two receivers in the same zone running to the same spot. I mean, it yeah, and at like the end of the game, high school offense, Deb was in there like kind of spread out. You had EJ Jenkins over the middle who gets hit in the face mask because there's a yep. like there's a guy running a curl right where he's standing. Yeah. So That's what it's I'm saying, dude, it's incredible. But I don't know. The one cool thing though is that our kicker VT Potter went three for three in the game. He's now 20 of 20 on field goals away from home the last two years. I mean, nails. pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's very good. good. That's what you need. Um, let's see what else. We averaged 38 points in November, 38 points a game for 19th in the country. So to be really painful to watch an offense, we actually got, we actually improved a lot. Um, you know, still got a chance to win 10 games. After starting four and three, I mean, that's kind of, this is as good as you could have expected, like, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. First shutout since 1989, which feels like, well, that is a long time ago. Yeah. There was some debate about if we should have just kicked a field goal at the end of the game just to not get shut but out. I, there, were, there were a few kinda, opportunities from earlier in the game. They were from pretty deep, like 50-plus yards, which our kicker is pretty good, but – I don't know if you right. I don't know if you trot him out there with those anyways, but um Parker White would have tied the the school points record if he, they would have kicked that field goal right there. Oh. Well, see, watching it, I was kind of like, well, we just we literally just scored for no reason on them. So I kind of expected y'all to do it j- just for the reason that you could run the shutout. No, but now that- instead we decided to let Zeb Nolan run for the touchdown. <laughs> He almost got there, too. Yeah, he really almost did, and then bounced off his big old belly. Yeah, you'll have that. You'll have that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I got to say. You know, I felt like I watched this game three or four different times. Just, I also saw the SEC Network. Anytime that the SEC team loses, they will never re-air it. I don't know if that's true or not. Really? Yeah, like they won't post it, like the condensed game and stuff. They won't post it, and they won't ever run it on TV again. <laughs> no matter That's the good. sport, because they do that in basketball too. I love that. So it's I like tried, if you didn't record it live, you're never you're never gonna see it again. I tried finding the basketball one from last Friday. God, it's not there. Yeah, SEC Network's not playing with the brand. I respect it though. I respect that too. ACC, they'll put that shit up there the next hour. <laughs> oh yeah. Virginia got beat by 50. It's on there, though. Here, Here's the highlights. <laughs> Watch this. Well, <laughs> do you boys want to get into the Georgia-Georgia Tech game? Um, sure. Sid, you want me to start off with it? Um, or do you – can you muster up the uh, strength to talk about it? I mean, on my end, I'll go ahead and knock out my end. I mean, like – I left the game thinking, I don't know if that was worse than what I expected or a lot better. Um, from a score standpoint, I guess it was better. Um, you said a 50-burger at least. Yeah. I mean, I would have laid money on a 50-burger, but um, I was in shock that, that we they didn't take – I mean, so many people took the over, I'm sure, at 53-and-a-half or whatever it was, um, and probably a lot of people lost money on that. Um, but, I mean – 
we were down 10 nothing in the first quarter. I was kind of like, shit, you know, this ain't that bad. It's just the inability to stop big plays is really the reason why it got so one-sided. I mean, it, we, it was going to be one-sided to begin with, but like the first touchdown, um, I think Georgia crossed the 50, and I looked at uh, my buddy and said, this is probably where I'll take a shot and score, and next play, um, shot in the end zone, and Miles Sims got beat by five, six yards, um, absolutely toasted. It was a dime in the back of the end zone. So then turn around and um, you give up another long score to Brock Bowers where he makes everybody on our field look um, like they run a, for, like they run a five, five second 40. I mean, that like was, he just – That was crazy. He caught it on the quick slant and just absolutely dusted everybody in the secondary. Uh, took away any angle anybody had. You're just watching it. You're like, there's no way that dude should move like that. But no. um, then gave up a long touchdown to Kenny McIntosh on uh, an off-tackle run. Um, had no contain, no leverage. And I think there were a couple – there were obviously a couple more big plays. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say that guys quit. I, it's very possible Jameer did. I mean, I think it's – I think – I guess he was gone. Um, he didn't come back in the game. He was on the sideline right in front of us, like act like he was stretching shit out. But, I don't know. We had more success with Dante anyways. Um, uh, that could be defensive game plan. Just they weren't a king on him as much as they were Ja. I mean, when Ja was in the game, he was having two guys pretty much mirroring him uh, anyways. So, not really. No, I didn't know what to think about it. I knew with Jordan coming into the game, we weren't going to be able to do anything on offense. Um, again, Jeff was dressed out, but I guess he was emergency use only. Um, yeah, Dante, just, Dante runs the ball well. I, that, was like, that, that was the first time I've you know, actually like seen him if, run the ball. It looks like Tony Pollard. We'll see if he can return, though. Um. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be that worried. I mean, obviously it's Jameer Gibbs, but I wouldn't even be like, I don't think it's gonna be a huge drop off. Yeah. So here's where I'm, I am with that because obviously I guess I was wrong in the last podcast. So on that stance of it, like I obviously it sucks to lose probably the best player we've had on campus since Kevin Johnson. I mean, he's just that kind of talent. Um, I don't blame the kid. In the end, he still quit. Um, it's not too often that you see, like, the star of the team transfer out. Um, I can't say I necessarily blame him. I don't necessarily think it makes that big of a difference in his draft stock because when he was getting his touches, his talent was showcased. Um, All-purpose yards leader. I mean, not really sure what else the kid can go and do unless he just goes and has a, you know, a season like the running back at Michigan State right now or something like but also, you look at the schools he's thinking about going to at Bama. I don't know if he necessarily has that kind of season. I think he'll definitely get yardage and, and definitely get a majority of snaps. But, I mean, he ain't walking into no slouch of a running back room wherever he goes if he's going to a blue blood like they're saying. So, I don't know. Definitely thought he represented the school well. thought he was a good kid. But, I mean, at the end, he quit on us. So, everybody on our board's like, you know, sticking up for him. Shit, I'm like – Hey, that's cool if y'all want to, but in the end, he quit on the school that you all care so much about, and and he also quit on a coach that he apparently had a lot of respect for and they had a tight relationship. I mean, he left 
Tashard can't quit. Tashard's not quitting. So I kind of look at it that way. Uh, I wish him well. Obviously, I don't wish him anything bad. It's going to suck to go see him go have a lot of success somewhere probably. But um, And also when he's in the NFL, he'll, he won't be a, a tech product. He'll be a product of whatever school he's at last for a year. So kind of sucks. But in terms of us offensively, I don't think he's a guy that necessarily moves the needle um, in terms of more wins. I mean, you can't do it alone. You got to have more talent, more production outside of him, better offensive line. So like you said, I, I don't think it necessarily affects us that much. Dante runs the ball really well. If you arm tackle Dante, you're, you're not taking him to the ground. Um, we saw that Saturday. He ran straight into Jordan Davis and he tried to arm tackle him. He just kept going. Um, so I think he lacks the home run threat as much as he's not quite the home run threat Jameer was and kind of that freakish athlete, but he's still really explosive. Um, uh, I think we'll lose a little bit out of the backfield in terms of him as a receiver, but I still think of him and I think we hold on to Jamias. That can be a really good one-two punch. Jamias had a, a decent run, um, kind of give you a little bit of a spark you could see. So we'll see on that terms. On the Jameer thing, it is what it is. And uh, as like everybody else is freaking out about these transfers, I'm like, other than Jameer, not one that's transferred out is going to play, really, or is a big, yeah. big loss. I mean, Jordan Yates, we've seen what he can do. He's so limited. Um, he really would be smart to go somewhere like Georgia State, or I don't, I don't know, somewhere like that. That's more his level. Um, go to the fun belt for sure. Yeah. And he'd probably be really successful. I think he'd be a good spread quarterback at that level. Um, but he's not what we need in the future to have success. And all those, all the rest of these guys that are transferring out, they've not seen any playing time. And people are like, oh, it's falling apart. I'm like, shit, they're honestly doing us a favor because we're in the mode. We need to go Michigan State. We need to just add as much talent to Porto as we can. And I think we're yeah, doing I that. Mean, we're this- doing that with the two offensive linemen. I think we're about to get Pierce Quick and Paul Teo. Um, they're both on visits this week and they both have close relationships on the team already. One with Dylan Leonard and Brent Key of, of Paul Tio, and then Brent Key obviously recruited Pierce Quick um, at, at Bama before he left there to come here. So, um, like you said, and like we've talked about in the past, yeah, they're in the transfer portal and they're not getting playing time. But I mean, you look at us, we need what I would call quality depth as in guys that have been at big time programs that have been coaching and they were at least good prospects right now we're replacing guys that are getting hurt with walk-ons. Um, so in, in terms of that piece, I, I think it, it's in a, a big addition. Like, I mean, whenever it gets announced, you'll have the naysayers. Oh, they're transferring a reason. Yeah, that's, that's probably true, but um, I, I'll take it. I, we need quality depth. So I, I think that, that, that helps us. I know I'm, this is not even a recap. Um, I just got off on a tangent here, but uh, it's just been such that's a what, That's what this pod's all about. It's yeah, this is, this is yeah, – I mean, you addressed the program for the final time this season probably, so. Yeah, I'll give you another five that minutes. Just my thoughts here. So, um, since I'm done this year uh, in terms of talking about tech. So, um, I think we'll get a couple linebackers. Uh, I know Maryland is an absolute shit show, and they're losing two four-star yeah. linebackers right now. Um, I think we'll definitely go after one of those. Like, I'll hold my breath on a Maryland linebacker considering um, what we just got from our Maryland nice. linebacker transfer this past year. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll hit the linebacker in the portal. Um, I think we have the talent at secondary. They just need to be better coached. Uh, we lose Wanya and Tariq. That's addition by subtraction. 
I um, hate to talk bad about kids, Oof. but that is. Um, we lose Trace Willing, addition by subtraction, in my opinion. Um, and we don't have their coach playing daddy ball anymore because they were, they were his favorites. Um, he's gone. They were upset about it, said he's not the issue. Well, play better. Your coach probably don't get fired. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so he's gone. Quarterback's coach is gone. Thacker's been demoted to uh, linebacker's coach, which I'm really not sure if we even hold on to him as well. I just think the core of this recruiting class that we have together is really solid defensive prospects, bunch of four stars, three four-star linemen, four-star linebacker. Jaron Willis is going to be a difference maker as soon as he steps on campus. He's just that kind of guy. So um, that's where all those relationships lie. So he's out recruiting right now. So, I mean, people are freaking out but there's no way he holds on to him at defensive coordinator, even if he's your linebacker coach. I mean, if you get a, a quality coordinator in there, I don't think it'll make it. I don't think it'll um, be an issue having Thacker. I just don't want him calling the defense anymore. So um, I definitely think we'll hit linebacker in the portal. Maybe if there's a, a defensive lineman uh, worth taking, but uh, mainly you'd focus on offensive line. Um, if you could snag a receiver that is a playmaker, a difference maker, you'd, you'd do it. In addition to getting uh, Leo Blackburn back from injury, um, he all accounts, you know, he was supposed to be a stud. Um, so I think we'll get some weapons uh, outside. And I think, honestly, it's tough to say it, but, like, if you look at the way the portal is right now, I mean, every, you never know who you can end up with. Like, I mean, a guy like Stogner, I'm not saying he ever comes to Tech, but you could find a guy like that in the portal at tight end, depending on who we get with offensive coordinator, which is kind of looking like um, – uh, Kitley is who we're going after now, and he uses the shit out of a tight end. Um, so you never know. You could get a guy like that in the portal. Um, so, I mean, there's a very good chance that while we lose Jameer and while we lose some of these guys that I really don't think make a difference other than Jameer, you could end up getting more talent in the portal, and that may be the way we go. And I think this recruiting class is solid right now. So um, while everything is just a dumpster fire right now, you could come out of it okay. Um, it's definitely not encouraging what we've seen, but it is what it is. Uh, if you nail an offensive coordinator hire, which I think Kitley is a solid hire, if you look at what they do at Western Kentucky, um, I want to watch a lot of their film. Um, it's kind of like an air raid offense, but they run the ball. They're more balanced than just like a, like a Mike Leach air raid. It's not like that. So um, quarterback, I mean, hell, you never know what you could get in the portal quarterback wise either. Um, you know, guys like Harrison Baylor in there. I'm not sure he moves the needle that much, but shit, you bring him in. It's competition with Jeff. And you also get a, uh, an offensive coordinator that's a better quarterback's coach. You never know what you get with Jeff as well. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think Collins is definitely coaching for his, his job. Um, this is definitely after year four, his buyout goes down significantly and the money was there already. So um, he yeah, it's a show me year. Yeah, if you don't get across that, I think seven win mark. I think he's gone. Um, but you know, uh, we went after Godsey apparently, which um, he's a tech guy. I, I just wish we'd get away from hiring a tech guy because he's a tech guy. Um, that hasn't worked out for us that well in the past, to be honest. Ted Roof sucked as defensive coordinator. He was a great tech player, but terrible defensive coordinator. Um, the jury out is out on key. I think we got to see more development from offensive line there. We've not seen that. Uh, arguably, some guys got worse that transferred from SEC programs and they were supposed to be quality guys. So the jury's kind of still out there. I think we hold on to key and choice. Um, 
because we've shown that we're committed to going and getting a better offensive coordinator. And I think that's where a lot of their issues uh, were uh, that I know Choi, I, I mean, I know Key and Patno didn't uh, mesh well. That's come out. So um, I don't know. I, I think when Key was going to possibly leave last year, that was one of his issues is he wanted maybe a little bit more input and wanted to address some issues with Pat Node, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I think you got to nail your two hires. Um, I think coordinator, get some good position coaches in there. Uh, maybe Jeff can focus a little bit less on each side of the ball, focus on recruiting and somehow pull seven wins out of his ass next year. I don't know, but yeah, it's kind of a dumpster fire. But things are also blowing up at the right time around college football. Um, so now is a very important time for us. Um, with all the coaching carousel going on, I guess down as we're trending, a lot of schools are, there's a lot of uncertainties. So it's very imperative that we figure our shit out, figure it out fast. So that's kind of where I'm at going into the off season. Um, our board is a fucking cluster. <laughs> And it is a fun time right now in terms of just people going after each other's throats and just pure entertainment at this point. People people melting and um, what I imagine is that SpongeBob meme where like everything's on fire. Yes. Something. <laughs> yes. And 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 the moderators are just dropping hints in there, just standing there watching just I mean, every thread has a hundred replies in it within 10 minutes if it's a good solid update, like about a, a a coordinator or something and it's always 50 50 this guy's shit and this guy's the next <laughs> god and yeah um it's gonna be entertaining i feel like we're back in a coaching search and we're not even searching for a head coach so yeah um gonna be an entertaining couple of days i'm transitioning do, do you think it'll hurt y'all's chances of getting coordinators because people know that like collins is kind of on a short leash kind of how like scott frost are talking about like him with Willie Corn from Coastal and a couple other guys, and they're like, oh, why would anybody go out there, Coach Frost? Like, he's he's done. Yeah, so that's also a big topic on our board. And, like, at first my opinion was no. And I think it still kind of is no, but my opinion at first was no because you have a guy like Jeff that's pre that has all of the tools in the world. He just hasn't been able to put it together. And then you had, like, Jameer and stuff. So – you had weapons that an offensive coordinator could go in there and kind of be excited about. Now you don't have Jameer, maybe not as much. Um, but I still think if a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, thinks he's worth this shit and he looks at Jeff and looks at our running back room, there's opportunity there. Um, also the opportunity uh, on both sides of the ball to take us out of the basement in terms of total offense and total defense is there. If you think you're a coach worth the shit and you can go fix the simple things that we're not doing, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and you can take us from 113th ranked defense this guy turned around this or, or this guy can at least coach, you know? Um, also, we're going to be paying them a million and a half, a million to a million and a half. And on three-year contracts, we offered Godsey a three, a three-year contract. So, I mean, that's a guarantee right there alone. So if Jeff's gone he's getting paid for those three years, he'll, I, if you, if you look at a guy like Kitley, for example, he's just on an upward trend right now. If he comes in, and our offense is remarkably better. Um, we're scoring more points. Our total offense rank goes up. I mean, we're just so much more productive. And Jeff gets canned. I think there's a good chance you can get a coach that comes in and keeps him. Or I think somebody's going to look and say, this talented guy, 
was just in the wrong situation. But look what he did with their shitty offense. He'll get hired somewhere. So but do you think I, y'all are going to go more that route with like a younger guy that's looking for an opportunity? Because that's I, that's almost what I would want. Absolutely. Just go because, all or nothing. Don't give me some retread that we know yeah. is very that's average. My, that's my biggest part on our boards is, is like my biggest argument is what makes you want – like people throw out Bobo's name for – we'll just use him. No, <laughs> why? Why would you why? want that? People are like, oh, he's got coaching experience. Yeah, of getting fired, of, of getting tossed around. He went to Colorado State, which was better – was in a better place when he was hired than when he left it. Okay, count me out on that. He goes to South Carolina, and he's part of a miserable season. And, and Cal- Cal- Carolina rode his ass out of there along with a head coach. Okay, count me out on that. He goes and w- is with Auburn for a very short time, and the head coach is not renewing his contract. What does he offer us? And George, maybe you should get much champion at DC then. Dude, to be honest, y'all can, get, y'all can get Bobo and Muschamp to be your coordinators. And and, and people, <laughs> I think that is an elite staff. And people would be happy just because of the name recognition. And you know, recruit all right though. That's the only reason Bobo has gone to been able to go to, to different SEC yeah. schools is because of yeah. his name. So I mean, yeah, it's a risk to take a guy like Kitley. It's a it's a risk to take a guy like Willie Corn. I mean, his name's been thrown around. Apparently, we interviewed him. But, I heard he doesn't call plays. So it's all Jamie I, Chadwell. That's that's what we've heard as well, and I think that's kind of why they're tempering his name being thrown around because dude, if you don't call plays, you're, you're nobody. Yeah, <laughs> and um, the problem with like someone like Kitley is Texas Tech's looking at him. That was his alma mater. So I like, could we get him over Texas Tech? Depends on really how bad they want to uh, full court press if they want to like you know put the, the press on him and get him. Probably not. But yeah, and their offensive coordinator just left to be head coach at uh, Louisiana Tech. So yeah, so even if the new coach was going to keep him, can't now. Yeah, so like my my thing is, give me a guy that's on an upward trend. He's he went to at a small school, went and put up. Th- I mean, Michigan State's defense is not good, but I mean, still the Jimmys and Joes are different. And he went there and put thirty one points, and they were productive against their defense. Um, I mean, he's just putting up numbers. He runs a kind of a unique scheme. It's new, newer, and he runs it well. And from all accounts, he's talented. And I'd rather take that chance than know what I'm getting with a Bobo or, or know what I'm getting with any retread that you want to name, you want to toss out there, the same shit. I'm, it's just like defensive coordinator. Give me a guy like Doug Belk or someone like that. All right, fuck. I mean, people – bitch about all, on our board about Georgia all they want to. But if Glenn Schumann wanted anything to do with our defense, we would be more than lucky to have him. Oh, yeah. And, and, and people but, – but people can't, can't realize that. They're like, oh, he doesn't have, like, sole possession of that defense. Well, like, okay, yeah, he's around Kirby Smart. He's been around Nick Saban. He's been around Muschamp now, Lanning. Um, he can do He it. probably knows a thing. But just just look yeah. at all the all the guys that have and he's the uh, developed in the linebacker position anyway. Yeah, and, and that's my thing. People are they can't look past experience and scheme or, or experience and then like um their acumen or or whatever. They can't look past those little things. They can't go and look at the film. Go and watch mm-hmm. Georgia's linebackers. You will not find a more disciplined group of linebackers in the country. You will you won't find it. And that's coaching. That's coaching. 
I mean, I get they're talented. Yeah, they're five stars. They're four stars. They're athletic. But having a guy in this in the right place at the right time and him knowing his assignments, that's coaching. I mean, you can't tell me that you got a bunch of 4.0 guys out, like students out there running around on the field. They don't. But he's got them coached up. They're disciplined. They know their 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 job, and that's that's what I want over somebody's got play calling experience for 15 years in the sec and they've been in three of the schools in the east two in the west and um can't keep a job longer than two two years yeah which i mean he does have experience with play calling too because i mean he is he's a um, co-defensive yeah, coordinator. He's a co-defensive coordinator as well and I've, I've tried to express that on our board and people are like I've, there's I, I just i give up i'm like y'all go watch the film go listen to him do a coaching clinic and go listen to Thacker talk about defense. You'll yeah. find a difference real fast. But um, you're dealing with, I guess, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm more than an average football fan, but I, I feel like you're dealing with average football fans when you deal with that kind of shit. And it's Bush League. Uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. So I guess that's my rant. Sorry, I took up the last whole entire segment of this, this episode. But That's exactly um, what we wanted. I, since I'm done for the year. Um, talking about tech football, think fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm now transitioning to basketball, and um, I'll find out how that's going to go tomorrow with Wisconsin. So, well, Devin, if you want to get a couple words in about the game, you can go for it. <laughs> hey, apparently Hazelwood in Athens. Oh God, I did not want him. <laughs> Prima Donna, um, <clears throat> we'll take him. Yeah, y'all, yeah, go to tech. Go to tech. Um, yeah, well, uh, I won't say too much, um, but I just want to highlight a couple things I saw uh, from the game. I didn't get to watch the first half because um, I was on the way back, so I just listened to it on the radio. Then I went back and watched uh, the first two quarters. Um, you know, it, they Georgia did what they needed to do. Um, Went there. A uh, bunch of the starters didn't play the second half. Um, no injuries, <clears throat> no penalties either. It was a clean game, um, which is only the second time since uh, they've had no penalties in a game since '97. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, that was a third shutout of the season. Uh, for Georgia. So that's a total of eight now since Kirby joined and took the ranks. Um, and that is the most by any team um, six, since 2016 uh, when he became the head coach. Um, big news, uh, George Pickens got cleared uh, a couple of days before the game <clears throat> and finally played uh, since spring. Um, you know, it was good to see him out there. He didn't do a whole lot, uh, but that was expected. He caught one pass. Um, he was only in there for like a total of three or four plays, I think. Um, I'm not expecting a lot out of him this Saturday either. Um, I think come come playoff time is when we'll uh, see him get a lot more volume. Um, I know last week uh, Sid talked about uh, – Sorry to bring him up again, but uh, Jameer, um, who led the country in all-purpose yards going into this game, um, I think it was like 1,800 
uh, total. Um, and we held him to a total of two. He had one on the ground, one yard on the ground, uh, negative four in the air and six return yards. Um, granted, he didn't really play after what was like that second quarter, I think, Sid. About halfway through the second quarter. I think he, what, he only had six carries? Yeah, dude, I think he had like two carries, bro. Two carries, yeah. yeah and then he also, uh, y'all didn't really kick to him, so, which I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the first one, the first kick, what happened? Like, he popped, I, went, so, I went back and watched it and I was like, what are you doing? He, so I guess y'all's kicker absolutely boosts the shit out of it straight up in the air. Which, yeah. If you can do it, that's the play because they're going to catch it on the five yard line, maybe, and the whole team's down there. Well, I guess when he kicked the shit out of it, I was I was watching him when the ball was in the air, and I was like, oh, no, because Potts had told me that's what they were going to do. And the, he booted it straight up in the air, and I'm watching Jameer, and he's holding his hands out like this, which is basically telling everybody else, hey, I'm not returning it. He thought it was going deep. Well, that bitch just went straight up and came straight down, and I don't think yeah. he realized that. He came off the sideline, and Choice was chewing his ass out, telling him, I told you they're going to kick it straight up and you're going to have to at least field it. So then after that, y'all kicked it to the wall every time. And then a couple <laughs> of times y'all kicked it straight up. And I guess what he tried, try, tried to return one or yeah, no, I don't, it was, only that, it was only that first one. Yeah. After that, he didn't get another chance to return it. Nah. So, but yeah, that was, that was a terrible way to start the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that, after after shutting Jameer out, I mean there wasn't really much um, production um, because Jordan, you know, he didn't he didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't look great. Um, he he just can't see. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I, that sounds terrible to say. No, I know can't. what you mean though. I know what you mean. When your offensive linemen are six five and six six, and he's not even six foot, and then. The defensive lineman, one of them in the middle, is the size of a, a U-Haul truck. And maybe, maybe yeah. bigger. Maybe bigger. I know he's big, I know he's bigger than some of those trailers you can rent and pull behind an SUV. hundred percent. And, and if, he, if they put their hands up, I mean he, he can't get an angle. I mean he's gonna have to right. so, for four. So it's just it was it was a lost cause in that in that sense. Um I'm, I'm glad we finally went to the two-back sets, though. That was the only time we could move the ball when we started running two-back sets and using Jordan Mason as, like, a lead blocker for Dante. Yeah, that y'all started y'all started um, stringing together a couple uh, – y'all had that one good drive. And, um, yeah, yeah. Y'all, was, y'all, y'all hardly even threw the ball. You just kept running it down our throats. We, it was in the third quarter. We had a six-and-a-half-minute drive. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that. And we got to the 42 – and punted six yeah. and a half bro we would huddle up every time run the clock and he would snap it with two seconds on the play clock every time yeah and we were just we were going first down second down pick it up on third down first down second down pick it up on third yeah. down it was like it was like watching the option again out of a different offense it was a little <laughs> strange and then we got inside the 40 and we started committing penalty after penalty after penalty. And then it ended up being like fourth and 14. Yeah. Everybody it, in the stands was yeah. pissed. We weren't going for it. I was like, y'all think we have a fucking play call for fourth and 15? <laughs> yeah. We don't have a play sack. call for third and five. It led to that. Yeah. I remember that. Um, but yeah. Um, 
I also wanted to say uh, we did something on offense we've only done a handful of times all year on the first drive, and that was show 22 personnel, um, which for the listeners out there, there's two running backs and two tight ends and one wide receiver. Um, that hit. I really, I really liked, the, I really liked the formation. Um, well, yeah, when you got Brock Bowers and Darnell out there, yeah, together. you got, you got, you got Brock and Darnell, and then you got Kenny and Cook. You got to get your best players on the field. I mean, that duo At right once. there, because you can, you can run the ball and you can throw it. You can even throw it to the, like our our Cook and uh, Kenny are receivers out of the backfield, pretty much. Um, and then you got uh, Brock Bowers. Um, who can, you know what's crazy? Do it all. He's pretty good. You know what's crazy he's is that's the really first. Good. That's the first game I've seen uh, Darnell in person. Obviously, because we didn't play all last year. Yeah, that is one of the largest, like, athletic-looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. Like yeah. when he made that catch across the middle, um, then he stood up and ran. They took him immediately off the field, and he was running off the field next to someone. I couldn't tell. He was like, like, towering over him. And then he didn't proceed to not do anything the rest of the game. I don't know how that y'all don't get him the ball more, but I guess when you have Brock, it's because Brock is snapping. He's got the best. He's got the best. Uh, Brock Avius. He's <laughs> he's not only snapping when he catches the ball. He has the best blocking grade out of all our tight ends. He can do it all, man. Like he's he's, he's doing it all. At dog. That's why he's a dog. Yeah, that's why he's still out there. And Darnell ain't getting many reps anymore, is because Brock took him. Um, <laughs> speaking of Brock, um, he uh, is the second wide receiver in Georgia history to have ten or more touchdowns in a season. And I guarantee you, none of y'all can. AJ Green, the first one. Nope. No, it's the the guy before him. Hans Ward. No. No. You would you would you wouldn't come on? You wouldn't come no. Hans played quarterback. You wouldn't Mitchell. You wouldn't come up with this guy's name if he's he's there's two receivers at Georgia that you should know. AJ Green and then this guy was before him. How far before him? Two thousand two. You wouldn't you won't come up with his name, bro. Unless you're like a, a Georgia follower. Yeah. When, when I was told this stat on the way home from the game, I was like, no chance I would have come up with this name. Yeah, you wouldn't know him. I mean, I, I, I would like, be shocked I, if – I don't mean this as disrespect, but, like, for a, a school like Georgia, receiver-wise, y'all have not – I'm no. trying to say this in a way no. as in y'all haven't had a good – you obviously have, but you haven't had, like, a – No. Calvin Johnson or a – Alshon Jeffrey, kind of. I, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, AJ Green was elite. He was really good. Massaquall was really good. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's oh, not yeah. like a. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what we do. We've only had one receiver, and it's this guy we're talking about that had 1,000 yards yeah. in a year. Yeah. It's Terrence Edwards. 2002. Terrence Edwards. Ter- okay. I was going to get there eventually. <laughs> But I was yeah. shocked to hear that. I would have gone to AJ. Like at first, when that was presented to me as like a trivia question, I was like, oh, AJ Green? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And then I remember Massaquah, obviously. 
Like I yeah. remember it and not having. I was about to say I feel like I named off all the all the ones that should have done it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they've made up for it on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to putting out players. So that that and running backs. Yeah, that and running backs. Um. So. But yeah, so uh, ended up going twelve and zero. First time since. 1980, which I get that um, that year a lot from people uh, when I get in arguments. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna have now, but I can't say 1980. Don't jinx it. This year. Shut up. <laughs> I, I'm pulling every jinx I can, dude. I, <laughs> I, I'm on Google typing up most popular jinxes, bro, and I'm trying yeah. to come up with them. <laughs> Yeah, um, it better be cooking potions and yeah. I'm out there with shit around his house. I'm bringing Dansby Swanson over, asking what he's got if he's got any more. Yeah, we're burning sage. Sage, yeah. Um, I'm I'm praying to damn anybody that's out there listening. Yeah, so I mean that's there's not really much else I want to say. Oh, um, it was the uh, largest shutout against. Against y'all, Sid, since 1903. Yeah, I was about to say, did y- y'all broke? What what was the the biggest win differential in the uh, series? I, I know we had it, but it was in like 1950 something, and it was like 40 something points. I can't tell if y'all broke it or not. No, we tied it from 2019. It was 45 points in 2019 as well. So I'm guessing 2019 was the year that we broke it. Um. I thought we still had it, but I mean, not that it would have mattered because it was from when people were in Vietnam. <laughs> well, the, this shutout was seven points more, and it was the last one was from freaking 1903. So, like, it doesn't really matter, but I just, yeah, no, I thought it was cool. Um, Largest victory was 48 nothing in 1943. We won. <laughs> so, 48 <laughs> points is the largest, but 1948, who nice. gives a fuck? Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, um, so after the regular season, uh, we um, Georgia leads the nation in point differential at plus 405, and no other team in the FBS has plus over plus 300. If you if you double Georgia's amount of points that they gave up this year it's still less than the second the defense second. in the country of points given up if you yep. double their points yep. it's a hundred and that difference a hundred from the second team and it comes in yep yeah crazy um we've given up 15 touchdowns you've given up like i think five or six something ridiculous <laughs> yeah you don't even let teams kick field goals dude that's what's so crazy about it <laughs> We didn't even have a field goal kicker. There was one point where we could have kicked a field goal, and I looked on the—I forgot that Smagley had the flu. I was like, "Well, it'd be a cluster with him in there anyway, so we might as well not try it." We went on—we went for it on like fourth and seven or some shit. Yeah, it this—I mean, this—I mean, we're experiencing one of the most dominant defenses we've ever seen since we've been alive. I mean, you haven't played nobody either, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you obviously have not played anybody. So. <laughs> um, ain't played nobody, Paul. I ain't played nobody. Who they play, Paul? Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just. Ain't played nowhere near the team that Bama done played. <laughs> I feel like I'm at some points I catch myself taking this year for granted defensively wise. Because I mean, this is the this defense is insane. But honestly, it's crazy because this is the best offensive production y'all had under Kirby Smart. Yeah. Both, it, both ways. It's, it's, it's easy it, to play when you're up 20 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's also true, but it's weird because. Nobody is saying a freaking word about it. No, dude. Because of the defense. Yeah. Our offense is um, very underrated. We're like the most efficient offense in the country. Yeah, it's very, very underrated. Um, Well, I mean, for good measure, because our defense is – it's hard not to talk about them. But, yeah, out of those, like, 80 total points this year, 40 of those have come um, in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So that was also a pretty cool fact. But yeah, um, I'm excited. No. I'm excited. That's all I got for the dogs. Yeah, well, I guess that's about it for the recaps, unless anybody has anything else to add. No, I think we're good. I think we I think we covered all the bases. All right, but see you in the next episode everybody.